welcome back. Uh, yeah, this is part two of our films, great films. Let's call it great films this time. Um, yeah, good to see you again, mate. And we're just going to yeah. carry on. We're going <laughs> to carry on where we left off. We're just going to carry on where we left off. Sounds good. What, what you got for me? Hit me. Going old school again. Uh, aliens. Mm. Uh, controversially, I'm going for Aliens. I'm not Alien. Um, which is a brilliant movie in its own right, but I'm I'm gonna pick Aliens. Uh, Aliens. I was waiting like really obvious to say Aliens is the sequel to Alien, but I'm sure I can provide a bit more insight in that. Um. So yeah, Aliens. Alien was Ridley Scott's film that came out in 1979. That was like that sort of sci-fi horror hit. Mm-hmm. That's you know the like the alien design is really iconic. It's you know kind of launched the career of Sigourney Weaver. Um, it's got that famous chest bursting scene. Yeah, like, it's a, just an all round great horror movie. Well acted, well designed, just brilliant. But the sequel was by James Cameron, and okay. it came out in 1986, and it's the same really in the sense that you know you've got these alien creatures Sigourney Weaver's back in it um but I think the biggest thing is that the first one is a horror film this one still has sort of scary elements in in it but it's more of an action film and I think the reason I'm picking aliens is because um I think because the first film was so well received to pull off a sequel that stands out, like is arg you know is as good or potentially I know a lot of people will be unhappy with this arguably better than the first one I think is incredible like so that that's why it gets my pick. So I've not I I mean I remember parts of it again. <clears throat> I think I watched that one. I think I gave I want to say I gave up on the first one like purely because of the the horror element of it. Um. And the second one, but the the one thing I do remember is it, it's one of I believe it's one of the first films to put a female as the lead in t- in terms of like a, she's like the most badass out of anyone in that cast. Yeah, she's like you know, I think uh, like obviously she's like, um, the main character in the first one, and you know she has to survive, and she's like losing um crewmates on the ship, like sort of mm-hmm. one by one, and. You know, like she has to adapt and survive. But I think the um, the second one does a really good job as well. And because she's surrounded by sort of military figures, she's still the one that who kind of sort of dismiss her as mm. like, oh, you know, you know, you don't know what you're doing, kind of thing. She's still throughout the film, you know, the one with the calmest head, like the most resourceful, like, but you know, the one that really kind of like when things are going terribly wrong kind of snaps everyone into shape like it's yeah she's just an, like really well, but always in a really believable sense that you believe her as a character and you believe what she's doing um yeah just like an absolutely fantastic performance yeah i uh, know completely because i remember there's a there's a scene there's a really iconic scene of her doing like pull-ups or chin-ups and like you just like it just like it's like fucking hell you are absolutely shredded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, no, if, yeah, like I love both of those films, and I know it's like, like, 
yeah, like they're both held in very high regard. I think mm-hmm. for a long time they both had like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think the first one's always generally considered to be more, uh, like a bit more popular and a, a bit more well appreciated. But I, I'm gonna go with the second one. Nice. I like. I can't really comment on it. I don't really remember much about it. But um, the one thing I do remember is it was one of the first films that I watched like underage. <laughs> I think I was the same, actually. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. It's, I, I, the fun, actually, I used to be really scared of The Little Mermaid, but not Aliens, which was very, very odd. But oh, That's so strange. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense, but that's here funny. we are. Yeah, mate, yeah. Right. Uh, I am going to go with there's two in fact i'm going to take those two out and put them in honorable i'm going to move i'm actually going to switch it switch it up because i have two that are in my original list but i actually prefer the two that i've thought whilst we're talking i'm going to start <laughs> that's fair so i'm going to start with uh, law-abiding citizen nice. again just loved it like a first proper going back to another like i think a lot of these films are like my first introductions to certain genres or certain like kind of feels to films but again i loved it it, it was just so well thought of and it was like it had such a like it, it had quite a political message to it that you're like oh okay like yeah like and he's like well you failed me so i'm gonna like teach you a lesson kind of thing and again i just loved the way the um well one jamie fox and um gerard butler their acting's amazing well for me their acting's amazing in it and i just enjoyed the fact that he was like he knew exactly well gerard butler's character knew exactly what was happening Mm. because i i think he was ex-military correct me if i'm wrong i don't know if you know i've actually i've never seen it actually um so i'm (laughs) i know i know i'm gonna have to take a back seat on this one Okay, well, I'll explain the premise. I assume you know, well, I, do you know the premise? I only know that Gerard Butler is in it. Okay, so it's about this... that is the only thing I know about it. It's about this this guy who, and again, I think there's some spoilers in it, but I, well, I won't say too much in case you want to watch it, but this guy who I believe used to be in the military and he lost his wife because of something, but it's tied into how the government, some, like something, the government essentially failed him and because of that failure, he lost his wife. And I'm going to say Anne Child, but I might be wrong. And Jamie Foxx plays a detective. Um, and they kind of like, so he turns, uh, Joe Butler's character becomes almost like a, like kind of a terrorist. Um, and he sets up all these things and makes them pay. And then like he agreed, like, he knows he's going to jail. So he just, he admits to everything. He's like, I'm going to jail. Yeah, fair. And he's like, all of this stuff is still going to happen unless you prove to me that like you help me and you like essentially right the wrongs that, that the, the justice system has, has done to me. And it's just about this back and forth between Jamie Foxx and Jared Butler, where Jamie Foxx is trying to find out what's going on. But Jared Butler is like one step ahead all of the time. And then you just, uh, yeah, you find out and it's got like these elements of like prison break in it. Um, probably a bit of The Great Escape as well, you know. Um, and just, again, it's like these twists and turns and 
all these traps and it's just like for me it it kept it kept my attention for the majority of the film but i would definitely recommend you watch it if you haven't yeah no that's that's so i think it's like a real kind of like cat and mouse sort of yes yeah for sure yeah yeah but i'll um i'll leave it there what you got for me uh hang on where is my list uh going classic here going classic uh empire strikes back okay nice is that the first one well technically five yeah but out of yeah. the out of the like mm-hmm. cinematic releases it's the second one nice uh, yeah for me it's like the like just the absolute perfect star wars film mm-hmm. i think yeah like the Hoth battle at the start with the, the AT-AT walkers. Like every time it snowed, when I was a kid, I was like straight out into the garden, you know, like pretending to like reenact that. Like I just like absolutely loved that scene. Is that um, the one where he, where Han Solo gets frozen in that thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he gets frozen in carbonite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a great one. With, um, what's his, that big blobby thing? Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, he's in that, isn't he? Uh, he's not in that one. What? He's, he's mentioned that one. No, so he gets frozen by Darth Vader and Boba oh, Fett on Cloud City. But then uh, okay. the next one, Return of the Jedi. like Oh, they find in... him, don't they? Yeah, well, so Jabba the Hutt, the, the big, like, slimy lizard guy, mm-hmm. has, like, a bounty out for Han Solo. And uh, Boba okay. Fett in sort of like conjunction with the Empire captures Han Solo and then they give him to Jabba the Hutt like obviously mm-hmm. they can get paid and then the start of the Return of the Jedi is them rescuing Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt but it ha- he gets frozen in yeah. at the end of Empire Strikes Back I just remember that, that being an emotional scene where he goes he like almost sacrifices himself yeah yeah it's uh, it's well I think like I think actually that sort of ties in quite nicely with one of the reasons that I like really like that film is like on the surface of it like you know like that film came out at a time when you know we didn't have youtube we didn't have mm-hmm. obviously you know well not stating the obvious but like you know we didn't there was no social media or internet and like so there was no kind of guarantee as to or certainly like public knowledge as to when a sequel was coming out and i think because that film ends on such a terrible note it seems like such a risky thing to do in the 80s because mm-hmm. you're like I, you know genuinely don't know if like audiences were like ready for it because then like the film ends and no one knew that another one was coming out you know so you're just like like well what's happening you know like mm-hmm. like is this how it ends or and i think like I, I i don't know i think that's a really sort of masterful kind of like i think that inspired a lot of sequels in, in movies mm-hmm. Like just the the way that the Empire Strikes Back was done, um, yeah. For me, it's that it's just like the perfect Star Wars film. It's it's got everything in it. I think they've um, the one they like. What my takeaway from those films, like looking back at them now, is their the amount, the ability that they had to use actual physical props, like instead of CGI. Well, they didn't have CGI, really, did they? So they've got them on the strings, and in like it, it's amazing how realistic they made it look, and to the point where like 
um, like using the animatronics or using people to the point where now, like in the Mandalorian, they are still using some of those techniques. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite nice to see actually. I mm-hmm. think that they've kind of carried that like sort of retro futuristic element over. Yeah, um, I really like actually. It. Like the one thing that I have to mention about it as well is, um, there's obviously there's a scene where like Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon has been chased by the Empire through an asteroid field, like mm-hmm. and it's pretty yeah. much all sort of like miniature work, mm-hmm. and like I genuinely think that's as like near perfect for like an action scene as you can get in a movie, like the score is unbelievable, like it's a lot of miniature work and it but it still looks fantastic now. Like, yeah. You know, I've seen that like like yeah. hundreds of times, and I still get like you know goosebumps mm-hmm. on my back when they're like flying through it, and it's I just absolutely love it. It is brilliant. It's it's crazy how how it has stood the test of time. It's like such a such a like well, you would think easy. I mean, easy is the wrong word, but like it's such a simple method. Such a like I mean I mean making the miniatures probably costs a fair bob, but like in comparison to like how much CGI would cost? Like, well, it it costs it costs more to build to CGI a friggin' Boeing seven four seven than it does to actually crash a real one. Yeah, so, that's madness, isn't it? Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. No, I I do. Again, it's that's kind of ones that um, merge into into one for me. But I think it's because I actually, I don't think I was well. I I wasn't born when they came out, so I think I watched them concurrently. Like like back to back quite a lot so i again it like it all kind of blends into one film for me yeah no i think that's i think that's i, I totally totally understand that mm-hmm. cool what's your next pick uh my next pick is i'm leaving these yeah i'll leave those two to last um room room i've never seen it not Three the room in. Yeah, the Brie Larson one, not, not the room. Yeah, not, not the Tommy Wiseau one. Um, Every time that film gets brought up, like yeah. Room, everyone has to say, "Yeah, not the room." Yeah, yeah. like I can't yeah. stress that enough. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've I've never seen it. I've, I've it's, heard obviously fantastic things, but it's just so it because it's all set in. It's just it's literally set in one room. Like it's the it was just so brilliantly acted and like it, it it completely relies on the actors because they have like it's the same set it's the same props in every single scene i think they show outside in parts because i read this thing where you like i don't think you can go there's a certain amount of time that someone can watch this someone being in the same room before it like makes them uncomfortable or something so you have to switch it to outside but then even when they switch it to outside it's like very minimal and it's Mm -hmm. like and it's just like bat your back in and it's just like she's raising um it's about her raising this child in 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 this room being captive and it's just again if you haven't seen it i don't really want to say too much because it's just such a captivating film um and it's yeah it's just brilliant it's brilliantly acted it's just it's essentially a cast of three you've got the guy the captive brie larson's character and then her the kid and it's just so well done um it relies on so little um just their pure acting prowess and it's just it's fantastic i loved it yeah it's, I, I think it's like 
think it like swept up at the Oscars. And, mm. guess, Doesn't like, surprise the other, me. The other big award ceremonies, rightly so, by the sounds of things. Mm-hmm. It's it's been on my work, like on my watch list for a long time. I've just I've never gotten round to it. We're gonna have to mate. We're gonna have to get the boys round. We're gonna have to do a big old movie marathon. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know if rooms one that you like get the boys <laughs> yeah. round yeah. for the. <laughs> yeah, true. true. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> but no, I think uh, yeah, that is that's a good shout. I'm mm. I'm definitely keen for that once all once the world's back yeah. to normal. For, for sure, for sure. Uh, what you got next? We're nearing the uh, end, I think. Yeah, just uh, what's next on my list? I'm amazed that we haven't overlapped. You know. I know. I genuinely thought there would be some crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, potentially, I like this one sort of slightly further down my list, but not because I don't like it, but just like where I've got it. Mm-hmm. I think we might cross over here. Okay. Potentially. Um, I've got another blockbuster. I've got Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. Yours as well. Yeah. Mate, I had a feeling it might. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it, well, it's my favorite one of them all. I've watched it God knows how many times now. Um, yeah. I mean, it explains itself, doesn't it, mate? I find it so hard to, like, sort of, I like, I, I genuinely, it was an embarrassing amount of time that I like spent, like, and still spent agonising over Infinity War or Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever sort of definitively come to, come to a conclusion, but I See- think. And I'm 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 Infinity War. I prefer Infinity War. I think just because it's like, well, maybe it's because it's the first time that you've got that many characters in a film, and it's just your childhood is just like your childhood. Well, my childhood mind was just like boom, and then the Russo brothers are just like set the tone with Civil War, and then just smashed out of the park. Yeah, it's like at no point. Does it feel like bloated or, um, you know, sort of baggy because of the amount of characters and like not just characters but important characters that are yeah. you know like battling out for screen time? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, like the fact that you're watching that unfold, and yeah, there's there's never a point where it jumps back to a certain character story, and you think, "Oh man, we're we're here again!" Like mm-hmm. every time it sort of jumps around, you think, "Oh my god, yeah!" Like I kind of forgot about what was happening here, and the stakes are really high. Like it just kind of like it pulls you away, it pulls you back. Like there's, it, yeah, there's never a moment where it stops to like let you breathe. It's just like an all-out attack on like the stakes being really high. Mm-hmm. And it's just it keeps it, it it keeps the tone like every character's individual tone. So like you cut to Guardians and you get comedic value. You cut to Thor, you get comedic value. You cut to Wakanda, and it's got that kind of you know, um, I don't know what near what's it called. I can't remember what they were what they described that world as, but it's got its own tone. And then. You cut to, but then you. Uh, my favorite bit is the. Uh, my favorite bit is actually probably the bit that's set in Edinburgh. Yeah, I I totally totally yeah. agree. And Cap yeah. just emerges from the tra- from behind the train. It's just fantastic. I love it. Favorite, like just scenes of all time. 
Like, I would say, like, I think that's maybe why, actually, Endgame and Infinity War is, like, a sort of endless battle in my head as to which one I prefer, because I think Cap's my favourite character throughout, like, out of any mm-hmm. of the MCU films. And I think, so, like, me picking Infinity War is probably a bit of an eyebrow raiser because he doesn't have that much screen time in it. And, like, in Endgame's, you know, very much a sort of mm-hmm. cat-heavy film. But I, I yeah. really like the... I like the characterization of him in Infinity War. Like, he really kind of, like, it's it's a cap that we've never seen before. Like, in yeah. the things he's gone through and the place that he's mm-hmm. at in the world. And I, like, really, really like it. It, it. It's a believable journey for that character. I think Endgame ties it up really well, you know, mm-hmm. um, like how, how he goes out and whatnot. But I think the sort of place that he finds himself in, in Infinity War, is uh, it's 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 really interesting. Even when he's not sort of saying or or doing much, it it just works for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's just it, like it's when he's like when he gets reintroduced from the train scene, you just see his face, and it's like I think it's the beard, and it's like the first time mm-hmm. you see yeah, him, yeah. and it's just like okay, this is a, and he's just like you can almost tell that he's a bit more gritty, he's a bit more weathered. Should yeah. We say. Yeah, he's not that sort of like old-fashioned boy scout. That's mm-hmm. like he, there's definitely kind of like a a battle going on there between like like what he was and what he is. Yeah, I think, for sure. I think, uh, I think they capture that really well. No, completely agree, mate. Completely agree. Except the only thing we don't agree on in that film. <laughs> I knew it was <laughs> yeah. coming. I knew it's it was the... coming. It's just it's the tiniest bit of CGI where Thor just when he lands in yeah he lands in Wakanda and he flies up and right or backwards and I just uh, yeah that CGI annoys me. It's the only it's the only part like including CGI <laughs> and everything. I just it just irritates me. Yeah, but, well, uh, but I completely agree. And I've seen I mean I've seen it over fifty something times. So love it. It's so good, man. Never gets old. Mm-hmm. All right, right, we're on to the last two, mate. Um, I am going to go with Goodwill Hunting. Now, here's a controversial. Oh, I've never seen it. Jacob, <laughs> oh, I know, I'm really letting down my no, I lo- credentials. I've never seen it. I just think, for like, I only I discovered after watching it that it's like. It, well, it, it introduces Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to the world, really. But it, it's also that they wrote they wrote it as well mm. as like a kind of part of their part of their education, I think. But it's just so it's just so cool. Like I think they based a Simpsons episode off as well. But it's just a it's just such a a cool concept of like the classic um, people that are like in this in these rough neighborhoods or rough rough towns and then they can't they can never get out no one ever gets out and then you've got and it's like brotherhood over trying to get out and it's just it's just again i I won't say too much to spoil it but it's just it's just such a like a film of 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 brotherhood of of brotherhood and and just helping each other and trying to defy the odds um and just you see like the the sh- like seeing the struggles that people may go through like from these kind of tough upbringings and then seeing them try to sit su- well not even try to succeed like just 
just be naturally gifted in a way that you would just be like, oh, I don't give a shit about my natural ability. And then you're like your peer, your pals just being like, no fucking push for this, mate, push yourself. But again, I won't say, I won't say too much, but it's about, it's essentially about a janitor at MIT and his mate who uh, just live life. And one of them's very smart. And that's, that's all I'll say about it. Yeah. Well, I think to be fair, like, I think like it's, it's quite sort of ingrained and, I can't believe I haven't really. I can't believe I haven't seen it to be honest. But I think it is sort of like quite ingrained in pop culture, isn't it? Is that yeah. sort of like there's like lots of like iconic scenes and it's the bar. The bar scene's the best one. And he just schools him. Have you seen that? If you've not seen that, but just YouTube that clip. It's fantastic. I like. I honestly like. You know that way. Like sometimes with like classic films that you've never seen. Like sometimes like. Mm-hmm you know enough about them just through sort of pop culture to yeah. kind of mm-hmm. like know that like, I honestly know like nothing about Goodwill Hunting which is so bizarre you need to you right so what to do after this is go, just YouTube the the Goodwill Hunting bar scene and then you'll want to watch the rest of it right what you what you got for me next your second last your penultimate um I'm going to go away See, I'm torn between. Like, this is the, that's the worst thing about having too many in a list. I'm now like torn between what makes honourable mention and what I'm actually going to talk about. Um, I'm also concerned that people think this is like my definitive top ten list. No, I've, I, that's why I said at the start, I was like, it's not. We're just, <laughs> just films that we think are great. That's all it is. Well, in that case, I'm going to go for. Uh, a quiet place. Oh, nice. I, I only think, watched that recently. I I really like sort of this resurgence that there's been with horror movies in general. Like I think you'll probably agree with me then that like when we were at school and like whenever you went to like watch horror films in like the sort of mid to late two thousands, there were always these like terrible straight to dvd like paranormal films that you would Mm -hmm. get like two pounds in asda yeah you know like like like, or like saw like one of the many saw sequels it was like horror wasn't really in a good place it was it was like like, it was one of two concepts it was either really gory or ghosts yeah exactly Uh like there was no in between at all and i know that like a quiet place isn't i guess like a sort of out and out horror um, but I think, and you know, you could argue that there's maybe better like picks. Like I know a lot of people really like Hereditary and whatnot, but I think mm. for me, I really like the fact that with horror films now, you can essentially make like a really convincing sort of family drama that happens to be taking place like in the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not sort of that kind of old school. You know, like drunk teenagers getting picked off by a, a yeah. serial killer or a ghost one by one. You know, mm-hmm. you can put people. It's it's not really a new concept. You know, you can put people in these like in like a horrendous scenario, and like sort of see how they react to that world. But for me, a quiet place was like this family drama that just kind of happened to be taking place in this sort of you know horrendous horrendous world. Mm-hmm. Um, really well acted. Um, yeah, very well acted. 
um, like a lot of clever concepts. I think yeah, the like use of sign language is obviously quite mm-hmm. really effective. Um, yeah, for me, like as far as horror, like I've never been a massive like horror fan. Not that I'm like against them, but it's just like a genre that I sort of jump through that often. Yeah, um, but for me, it definitely like. I was like gripped, like from the moment it started, like right to the end, just breakneck pace for ninety minutes, and I cared about what was happening to the characters. Mm-hmm. No, I. That's John. Am I right saying that's John Krasinski's directorial debut as well? Not his debut. Okay. Um, but um, I think yeah, he's done like one or two films Has before. He? Um, but this was like his first like. Mm-hmm. Big sort of film, if you like. Yeah, no, um, I I thought it was I thought it was very good. Again, it's that whole thing of using your not being able to use your voice to act. Mm-hmm. So you've got to use your you've got to use the, the other tools in your arsenal. Um, and again, the cast's really good. I actually think the cast really good in the second one as well. Um, but yeah, again, but I I don't. Personally, I don't think it's a horror because I was able to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think like a lot of people would like argue about it being a horror. I think mm-hmm. uh, like it's like War of the maybe... Worlds, kind of. Kinda, yeah. I am. Um... I just say that in the fact that it's like you 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 don't really see the you don't really see the um the the monsters. Yeah, you just know I they're think... there. Uh, I think it's it's that kind of like it's actually I actually watched War of the Worlds not long ago actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, very con- like very convenient. You should <laughs> bring that. Up. But like, yeah, I can actually see where you're coming from with that mm-hmm. in the sense that like it's like it's scary, but like it's almost like that's not necessarily its like primary objective. If yeah. that makes no, sense, yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. like because like War of the Worlds is like. I think War of the Worlds is a like really underappreciated like mm-hmm. like scary film for being like a twelve or a PG. Yeah. Right, horror, but I think like there are mm-hmm. some horrifying bits. For sure. In it. For sure. And I think a quiet place is kind of the same. hmm I Maybe think it focuses on the sto- I think it focuses on the story because, like as you said, like a, I, horrors back in the two thousands, they didn't give a shit about the story. They just cared about jump scares and gore if if that was the way they went but this like i think this these the newer ones kind of like same with bird box as well it's kind it's very they're very story driven rather than the other way around Mm. i think like a lot of films obviously you're still going to get like you know jump scare movies you know they're they're just going to be with us forever because you know they they don't cost much to make and they make a lot of money but i think now when you watch horror films, whether it is about ghosts or it is about aliens or it is about a, a serial killer, like a lot of the scares are well earned. Mm-hmm. You're not relying on that, that sort of quiet, quiet, quiet bang formula. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. anything could jump out at you and you would jump, so it's cheap. Like a lot of films now in that genre, and I think A Quiet Place does quite a good job of it. Like it really like racks up the tension yeah. um, before giving you the scare. Completely agree, sir. Right, I'm gonna lighten the mood again. Uh, so this is the final one from me. Uh, in Bruges. Great film. Just, just hilarious. Uh, it's 
probably again I'm, like it's the, probably the first like dark comedy kind of thing that I've that I watched and it's just like just Colin Farrell Colin Farrell yeah Colin yep. Farrell yeah he's just brilliant I just love his character and just how funny and just like there's just so many iconic phrases in it like the I'm not even going to attempt the accent but like a bottle she's got a bottle it's just like he just lamps her I just I just I just think it's the humor in it is just amazing the storyline is brilliant um the fact that you don't find out why they're in Bruges until the end kind of thing I just think it, it's just such a just it's just such a well-rounded film comedy film um mm. again it's it is it can be it's serious at times um but it's also just hilarious yeah it's it's extremely well written yeah it's, uh, like i think uh, i can't remember the guy's name but i think he did the uh, i don't know if you've ever seen it but the movie seven psychopaths that's got colin colin farrell in it as well no i don't think I have. um yeah like it, again like sort of different story than bruges but it's that sort of mm-hmm. like really dark film but like a lot of dark comedy in it mm-hmm. um, out of, out of is, all the yeah. ones i would reckon i would probably say that would be the one like to people not not to you um to anyone listening or watching i would say that is that is the one that i would recommend probably the most just if you're if you're looking for for a decent storyline as well as like some some dark humor yeah i i would totally agree i think you've you've hit the nail on the head is it one that you like jump back to a lot or like um not not a lot it's one that, but it's one that if i like if i see it i'll be like yeah it's it's i tell you what it's one that i can flick like when when like netflix and amazon didn't well when streaming services didn't exist and you were flicking through the tv channels if it was on i would join it at any point mm. it's one of those ones um but yeah i i've watched it I've watched it a fair few times. I think I had it on DVD. I don't know where it is now. But anytime I see it, I will probably watch it or I'll, or I'll earmark it for like, to watch it in the next couple of days kind of thing. No, that's fair. Mm-hmm. So what's the, what's the last one, mate? Um, so <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm really going to, do you know what, just to like end on, on a really, really light note. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go pure nostalgia for this one. Mm-hmm. Like hundred percent. I I I swithered between like talking about this one or not. I'm gonna go for it because it was the first film I ever saw in the cinema. Oh nice. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Space Jam. Oh, mate, fantastic pick. You I know you love that film as well. <laughs> it like yeah, obviously nostalgia plays a massive factor <laughs> in why I'm picking that one. Yeah. Um but to me it's just like it's like the most comforting film ever made. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like like I was obsessed with Michael Jordan as a like as a kid. I thought it was like I thought he was just like the coolest guy on the planet. Um yeah, like it's just it's so it's silly. There's not really that much of a story to it, but my god, that last basketball match is like the most tense scene I, ever committed to cinema. I watched. I I watched it. I mean, again, I say not that long ago, but it was probably like probably about four or five months ago, 
um, it was while we were in lockdown, and it's still, I still get nervous. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. at the end scene, or the end, the, the last basketball game, because I'm like, wait, did they win? Wait, what? <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree with you. Mm. I think, uh, like, because I, I, similarly to you, um, I don't know if you were the same, I watched The Last Dance, the, the documentary. Yes, yes I did, yeah. Dance. So, like, obviously, like, sort of in the middle of the lockdown, you know, mm-hmm. watching that week in, week out, you know, just fascinating documentary. And I think, I don't know if it was, like, a Netflix UK thing or, like, Netflix just across all their regions, but they seemed to very strategically add Space Jam around the, like, towards yeah. the end of that yeah. documentary. And I remember, like, obviously the, the documentary is quite serious, you know, it, it, it sort of focuses on, you know, his career, his life. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Jordan, obviously, um, and all, all these, you know, just the the crazy drive and determination he had to sort of succeed in that sport, and uh, like yeah, I like I couldn't get enough of it. So naturally, when I saw that Netflix had added yeah, it, like, I had on. to watch it. Like it just, I think that's what I did as well. Because yeah, like because you see the making, you see well, you see part of the making of it in that in the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which actually, like, like you think it's like obviously it's not something they focus on that like mm-hmm. for that long. But I think it's it's actually quite a fascinating part of the documentary because it seems yeah. like quite, it's obviously quite a unique film, and mm-hmm. you know, you've got a, like a live action film interacting with um, you know cartoon elements. I think that'd only really been done in like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Well, have you seen that they're doing? Well, have you seen the new Tom and Jerry advert? trailer I, I saw that came out i haven't watched yeah. the trailer but i've seen the thumbnail it's for very it. similar it's like the, it's the same kind of animation like you've got the 2d old school animation with with the real life mm. but yeah i i i'll i'll support that i'll support that 100 percent. that space jam absolute classic yeah i won't hear i i will mm-hmm. totally like die yeah. on the hill that it's a great um, film is it, it bill murray yeah, oh man, yeah. Bill Murray's yeah. great in that. Class, yeah, Bill it? Murray yeah. just playing Bill Murray. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is. Oh yeah, they do, don't they? They do. Do they play their own themselves? Yeah, Bill Murray is yeah. playing Bill Murray. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, most of the, like, like of the celebrity mm-hmm. camp, like the celebrities that, that are in it are generally just like, yeah. all the basketball players are playing themselves. Bill Murray's playing himself. Um, I think like you know, it's like assistant and stuff like that. That's like obviously mm-hmm. someone playing yeah. a character, but like all the, yeah, all the celebrities in it are are themselves. Class, love that. Right, mate. That's well. We've done all the. We've done our well top. Well, ten great films that we recommend. I've only got two on my. Uh, what did we call it? Honorable mentions. Yeah. So I'll just quickly go through them. The two were. Shawshank Redemption, for obvious reasons, and Minority Report, just because it was just such a futuristic film at, for its time. Mm. What you got? What you packing? He went for Blade Runner 2049. I, I'm, I'm the same as you. I've only got mm-hmm. two. I went for uh, Blade Runner 2049 and The Nice Guys. Oh, love that film. Love that film. That's great. Seems to be a theme, mate. It's the whole sort of like keeping it, like I was trying to like include the perfect blend of like mm-hmm. 
okay. modern and old. Nice. Like I wasn't too sure yeah. if I was gonna like lean too heavily one way or another. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll try and like mix it up as best as I can. Or put too many Ryan Gosling films. <laughs> uh, well, that was, I think like, I think I was like, yeah, I think I could have done like ten. Ryan mm-hmm. Gosling. I don't even think he's been in ten films because he seems to sort of really strategically choose the, he does, the projects yeah. that he's in. But yeah, probably could have made a list of that on its own. Right, part two finished. Many thanks, Jacob. Thank you for joining me. Um, very much appreciate your time, sir. Cover me again. Good fun <laughs> as always. Yes, and hopefully next time you'll will be in person. Yes, fingers crossed. Yes, fingers crossed. Anyway, mate. Take it easy.